Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success. Check it out. It's the ultimate in commercial real estate brokerage training. Uh, you have 10, 10 up to 20 videos online in the cloud. Check it out. CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, Siri counselors, you've all heard of them. Unbelievable uh, designation for some of the most sophisticated commercial real estate analysts and counselors and, and providers uh, in the world. And each year they do a, a report that is called the top 10 issues affecting real estate. We try to cover it uh, every year because it's really interesting to kind of look at, well, we're always trying to predict the future, right? Uh, you know, what's going on now? What's going to affect us moving forward? Please welcome my guest. It's Michelle Colliard. He is Siri Counselor's 2021 Global Chair. He's also President and CEO of Bozak Realty. Uh, Michelle, thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, Michael. Nice to be here. Well, as you have the top 10 issues. Uh, we're going to do the uh, David Letterman style. We're going to start with number 10 and, and go back up to number one. And number 10 is uh, capital markets. So uh, what's the deal there? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's clear on how different the market changing events of the COVID uh, compared to the prior market corrections from no travel to, uh, uh, I mean, no travel for conferences, clients, uh, for leisure. Uh, now we have, we're seeing a slow, gradual return, but there's still, for the longest time, no shopping but e-commerce and on essential needs only and no working in the office. Now we're say, seeing slow comeback, but will definitely be affected uh, with some type of a hybrid uh, work from home type of attitude and uh, it remains to be seen. So obviously those changes are very, very different than previous uh, changes in the markets and cycles. Um, in terms of the higher spreads right now, uh, in terms of yield and risk premium, it is really difficult uh, to underwrite and to measure uh, the capital market risk. Uh, when you're not sure when retail and e-commerce and business travel and remote work, how is that going to uh, impact? How is that going to work? Um, so how do we how we measure risk will require a more focused real-time risk management beyond what we've uh, needed to do in the past. Uh, another uh, key point here to highlight in, in the capital markets right now is the difficulty to forecast the possible threat of uh, an earlier rise of interest rates. And we have to be concerned about that, um, not only by the Fed, but other central banks being the English, uh, the Bank of England and, and Bank of Canada and, and other central banks, obviously led uh, definitely by the Feds. And uh, this is, uh, would be due mainly to inflation. That's what we're seeing now. And definitely feeling an upward pressure as the economy is recovering and consuming and consumption, I should say, is increasing rapidly. So in terms of the debt market, uh, if, I, if I may, and I'll, I'll, I'll be quick here, but in terms of the debt market on the capital, uh, capital markets, um, 
we've seen a lot of volatility during uh, during the uh, the pandemic, and uh, especially in 2020, and especially in the CMBS and the mortgage REITs agencies like Freddie Mac and, and Fannie Mae. Mortgage REITs took a major hit in the early pandemic, and if you you know a few uh, months in the beginning. And then the swings and the risk premium spreads are all over the place. And they've been really difficult to pin down, depending on the asset sector. Uh, there's lots of capital in the debt still, similar to equity. Uh, on the equity side, uh, the private equity funds have moved up more than $370 billion in dry powder right now available. And that's, that was at, as of May, so obviously this is actually growing. Uh, for core and value-add opportunities. Uh, transaction volumes are slowly recovering, but still pre-COVID level, still below pre-COVID level. Um, pricing discovery con continues to be very difficult, uh, limited. Buyers and sellers are holding their grounds. So that's a, that's a challenge right now. And like I said previously in the debt, on the debt side, the wild, the wild card to monitor is really inflation as consumption is, uh, is increasing and could lead to, uh, to a sooner rise in interest rates. Something to, uh, to monitor carefully. Michelle, do you expect uh, transaction volume and, um, to increase in the third and fourth quarter? And, and do you have any expectations for transaction volume for 2022 with the uh, you know with the pandemic hopefully ending and uh, and potentially some tax changes uh, coming down the pike well provided that we, uh, we we continue to get out of the pandemic situation and uh, our economy is recovering uh, we'll have to see what will be uh, in terms of the changes, and we'll get to those in, in a few issues later, but uh, we'll see how things stabilize and how uh, quick we can recover. We'll definitely see more uh, transaction uh, heading in, in, in for the balance of 2021 into 2022. Um, other factors may influence, as I mentioned, the interest rates uh, is something to monitor, but I still don't think we'll be seeing a major increase in, in, uh, in, in the All right, let's go rates. to number nine, uh, adaptive reuse in the top 10 issues affecting real estate. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the adaptive reuse is not a, a new um, property term, uh, but we're seeing more uh, expanding beyond the repositioning and stabilization of a single asset, but more to a broader neighborhood extending in suburbs and second MSAs. So it's more of a neighborhood approach. And uh, we're seeing uh, the trend from preserving and enhancing a, a single property into more of a broader neighborhood and community uh, approach outside the urban centers. Uh, accelerated by pressure for housing affordability and remote work models, uh, disrupting a bit the urban city model. So uh, this is more a uh, comprehensive um, reposition of a sector community and uh, due to obviously finding new uses and redeveloping and repositioning uh, of mostly vacant suburban malls and big boxes and other obsolete properties that are creating blights right now. So this was our, our um, 
our, our view with this, uh, this issue. Some communities are ahead of the curve uh, for the change that lies ahead, such as uh, driverless vehicle and, and transportation evolution away from cars, concentrating uh, infrastructure uh, that is more walkable, like more green space and less parking area. So we see it, we see uh, definitely a trend uh, in redeveloping uh, our communities and, and parts of our cities that way. All right, well, let's move on to number eight, economic structural change. Assessing the, the economy and the recovery, one um, numbers indicate a true trend uh, and can be used for business planning versus an adjustment of, of the extraordinary low bottom that we hit in 2020. And that's, that's a challenge. And, and currently the, the economic models are, are very limited in providing guidance. And so the price of risk should, should be high, but it's not, not in all sectors, at least in several property sectors. Real estate demand is weak to a certain extent, but it's, it's coming back. How fast remains to be seen, uh, both in leasing and occupancy. Q1 2021 had a negative absorption of uh, minus 30, uh, negative 31 square feet, uh, million square foot, square feet. Vacancy uh, percentage rose more steeply than uh, the, uh, the last crisis that we had, our great financial crisis. And, uh, and we have about 111 million square feet in construction in the pipeline. So the inability to predict the rise of occupancy and rents frustrates the underwriting right now. Uh, so you really have to hit sectors by sectors, Michael. Yeah, yeah that's um, true. Let's move to number seven, uh, political polarization. That's certainly uh, been happening. Yeah, there, there's, there's nothing new about America's uh, political polarization, and, uh, and it is not our intent to pick sides at all. We're not advocating anything. We, we actually are not an organization in advocacy. Uh, all we want to do here is to reflect on the practice pragmatic the damage of the division is inflicting in our society, in our economy, and on the real estate industry, which is really a pretty important of immigration here. Um, there was a, actually a business uh, report um, actually on, on supporting uh, the immigration reform has been strong. And the U.S. Uh, Chamber of Commerce and the National Association of Manufacturers and the Business Roundtable have all endorsed an approach uh, to immigration that is truly encouraging the welcoming of new workers. There's an urgency here, given the current demographic trends, obviously. Um, so the pandemic, uh, what did really, uh, is put some of that pressure of any labor shortfall on the side in 2020. But as the economy is reopening with uh, some vigor in 2021 and 22, the realities of boomers retiring uh, the weak volume of native-born labor force entrance and the decline of the female uh, labor force participation rate since the late 90s will again be squeezing employers, especially when you were thinking of the, the expansion of the manufacturing in, uh, sectors uh, that we're starting to see, the health science and technology that's going to be uh, more and more uh, uh, impacting our, our manufacturing and our businesses, and obviously our infrastructure uh, investments and uh, all the different infrastructure work at play that we're going to be seeing in the near future. So definitely an issue uh, to, uh, to really take seriously in terms of immigration and labor force. 
the jobs and uh, certainly have the jobs and need the uh, need the employees. Um, yep. And number six is housing supply and affordability on the top 10 issues affecting real estate. Tell us about that. Yeah, according to the National Association of Realtors, NAR, the, the state of America's housing inventory is critical. It, it, it is dire. And uh, with a chronic shortage of affordable and available homes needed to support our nation's population, uh, a severe lack of construction of prolonged underinvestment have led to an acute shortage of available housing to the detriments of the economy in certain segments of the public. Uh, the scale of underbuilding and the existing demand supply gap is enormous and uh, will require major national commitment to build more housing of, of all types. Uh, so the Council's real estate agrees that the lawmaker must work uh, to, one, expand access to resources, two, remove barriers as much as possible, and incentivize the new developments in, involving, obviously, the private sectors. And fourth, uh, to make housing construction an integral part of the national infrastructure strategy. That's really key. Um, yeah, I think it'd be nice to uh, reduce some of the, the cost to, to develop neighborhoods and, and housing and you know, from multifamily to single family to, um, you know, to rental homes. I think there's a, a lot of areas that we could improve there. Well, let's go to number five on the top 10 issues affecting real estate from CRE, CRE counselors, and that's infrastructure. Tell us about that. Actually, infrastructure, but really focusing the new imperative that emerged uh, with uh, the pandemic crisis and our, uh, our, with uh, the start of our economic recovery. Uh, the COVID really uh, impacted the infrastructure needs uh, in, in three ways, really, uh, essential ways. First of all, we will need uh, the broadband access and connectivity. And uh, we all know the importance of connectivity right now during this show. It's, it's important to be well connected and without any glitch. Uh, but there is a lot of work to be done, uh, infrastructure work in terms of broadband access and connectivity. Uh, the COVID-19 really had uh, changed uh, the way we live, work, and play, uh, making broadband access a necessity, not just nice to have. Um, so this uh, improved access will provide society uh, substantial flexibility to respond to more effectively to future pandemics, disasters, and other events that, might be, uh, that we may be facing, and, and we will face other uh, issues. Uh, for real estate, what does it mean? Uh, business and public sector service increasingly require customers to have good connectivity and know how to work online. This is going to stay. Um, this acceleration of, of, of behavior is definitely going to stay. Residential buyers or renters will either ignore or, or highly discount properties with limited broadband services. We're seeing it now. Connectivity is no longer an amenity, but a minimum requirement of all real estate. Uh, the other uh, impact is on supply chains. Uh, the, the change of how we access our product and services has radically changed supply change chains and, and related infrastructure needs. New manufacturing, transit, delivery, information technology, and physical assets are needed to support the supply chain to reduce risk and to promote business success. Um, yeah, and that leads yeah. us well into to number four, right? Logistics. Yeah, it, it 
obviously logistics is up there and this is an asset class an asset sector that uh, is definitely uh, hot right now and it's going to continue to uh, to be uh, probably the most important real estate sector in terms of development uh, in uh, medium and short term. Um, it is the epicenter of what makes the economy function uh, and all real estate assets are a critical segment to the supply chain fuel that is logistic. Um, how logistic is functioning and impacts commercial real estate, redundancy and ability to process disruption is, are two key elements to support fast moving and high volume logistics. Uh, expect more funding to industrial properties and less to retail. Um, less dependency on physical store and more on modern e-commerce warehouses uh, that will be increasingly auto uh, automated uh, and less reliance on labor. Uh, also expect a, a disruption on pricing. Um, as cap rates are going lower for industrial, uh, we're talking uh, definitely between four and five caps right now, depending obviously on the markets, uh, are now widespread through America and Canada. Strong uh, and rising demand for the right space, increasing rent uh, depending on the location and space attributes. So these are very key points uh, that's going to be marking our, uh, our industry uh, in terms of uh, our supply chain, and the logistics and small industrial. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we've really all have experienced that personally uh, during this time where we can't get, uh, maybe we can't get appliances or, you know, the price of uh, lumber went way up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the logistics and supply chain is so important to commercial real estate in our economy. Uh, and we're talking with Michelle Colliard, and he's the uh, 2021 Global Chair of CRE Counselors uh, about their top 10 issues uh, affecting real estate. We're down to uh, number three, which is ESG. Uh, share with our listeners uh, what ESG is and the impact. ESG. Um environment, social, and governance. Uh, and we're seeing re right now as ESG has hit the uh, our top 10 list for the last two, three years in a row. Uh, this is again uh, a, a, an important, um, taking a major importance in the way that we foresee our investments or real estate investments in the future. And it's, got, it's becoming a, uh, um, permanent uh, aspect of how um, the underwriting and how our assessments of those investment opportunities are being uh, handled. Um, so ESG as a global requirement, compliances and investment strategies, uh, impact investments and adaptation to assets are more and more in the forefront, as I said. Uh, the, uh, the 2019 McKinsey survey said uh, that 57 of uh, C 57 percent of CEO believes that ESG programs create a long-term value, and 87 percent of those CEOs expect ESG to contribute more to shareholders' value. Pricewaterhouse annual global uh, COAE survey found uh, 30 percent are concerned how climate change will threaten the organization growth, their their own organization growth. So ESG funds uh, have more than uh, doubled in their net. Uh, new money intake in 2020, $51.1 billion, actually. 
this uh, is fueled by consumer shift, uh, regulatory requirements, trillions of dollars of wealth transferred to Gen Z and millennials, societal priorities, employees, and tenant retentions. These are all concerns right now that uh, involves ESG and, and, and a certain approach on diversity. Adopting ESG um, to existing assets uh, or as an investment strategy is uh, the best way really to reduce carbon emission, enhance and demonstrate reputational value, improve workforce and development DEI initiatives uh, to and recognize the importance of health and wellness. Uh, in the real in our commercial real estate, the way we adapt our buildings now. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with that. I think the health and wellness of these um, the spaces and the buildings we're in is going to be a lot more in the forefront now. And I, when the wellness certification came out several years ago, I was telling people this is going to be big, and um, and now people are kind of I think more people are realizing that uh, we need a healthier environment. Uh, we don't need to be crammed in 100 square feet per person in an unhealthy building. So I think that's going to be good moving forward. Well, let's move to uh, number two. We're going doing the David Letterman style, going from 10 to <laughs> 1. Number two is uh, technology. Tell us about that. Well, technology, again, uh, just like ESG, has hit our top 10 list. And, and there's been a lot of uh, uh, evolution uh, for these last years on fintech, prop tech. And right now, more so prop tech. Uh, influenced by the pandemic crisis, but um, this year uh, the news is not really so much the new tech, it's about our acceptance of it and the way we, we changed, uh, the way we do, we do things and, and, and so rapidly uh, once the pandemic hit. And uh, so the acceleration and adoption of technology during, uh, during the crisis has impacted everything and the real estate is no exception. Uh, but the question it will be, what will stick, what will, of all these changes, what will remain? And there'll be some, some permanent change to, uh, to our technology switch. Um, so the acceleration upgrade of connectivity again, security, hosted processes mean utilization is being maximized and any place is now a potential workplace. This creates new pools of vacancy and pools of availability enabling by, enabled by technology. The pandemic-driven uh, uncertainties is fading and decision drivers change from survival-based questions to those driven by optimization now. Uh, property management, public health and wellness, uh, assessments and lease expiration, construction projects, acquisition and disposition, all these will include aspects of tech-based pandemic response. So this is, uh, this is key. Uh, the, our adaptation to uh, the change in, in, in our technology is, uh, is key, not only for our growth, not only for sanity and the way we should be working and living now and, and consuming, but it's changing our lives. And uh, what the pandemic really did is accelerated a lot of those changes. And we'll see what really how all, if not most of those uh, changes will, will stay, will remain. Yeah, and speaking of changes from the pandemic, we're down to number one on the top 10 issues affecting uh, real estate from the CRE counselors. This is their 2021, 2022 uh, report. And number one is remote work and mobility. 
Well, this is a this is a key point, the key uh, uh, issue that uh, real estate investors, real estate um, managers, um, people involved in the industry is actually focused on now. What's going to happen with uh, the return to work, uh, return to the office buildings? Uh, how is that going to play itself out? How is the new design going to be laid out? Is there going to be a change in in in, in the uh, um, the actual footprint of, uh, of the companies uh, in the downtown cores versus the sub uh, suburbs. Is there, gonna is, there, is there a permanent switch going more to the suburbs and, and second downtowns as opposed to the cores? Uh, these are all questions that are going to be answered in the next, uh, slowly in the next 6, 8, 10, 24 next month. And we'll see how uh, people really get back to work. Uh, those behaviors also will change depending where you are in uh, globally speaking, not just in the country, but in, in which market, which country you're, uh, you're actually um, working in. So COVID, the COVID-19 disruption impacted human behavior, obviously, and, and, and all over in how and where space is being used. Um, commercial properties, nevertheless, may need to be adapted for those changes in demand. Um, the benefit of fl more flexible, easier, easily adaptable and shareable space is definitely one of the greatest lessons we've learned during the pandemic. It is clear that remote working and accelerated uh, of internet retail and the demand for larger, more natural spaces and other pandemic era behaviors will remain at least to some level uh, and will impact property demand and land use. Um, so flexibility and adaptability are vital goals here uh, in the real estate Michael, that, uh, in the market that desires resiliency when confronted with local and, and global disruptions. Yeah. Well, Michelle, what would uh, that's that's the top ten issues affecting real estate, and that's you. You've gone through this. You guys have worked on this uh, really in depth, and uh, you've got some great. Um, scholars and economists that uh, are working on this uh, with you guys you, you are you're all CRE counselors so after you do all this and you talk about it what what does it leave you with thinking about moving forward what special kind of jumped out to you well Michael with with uh, those 10 top issues and there were other issues that also we we dealt with and and there's a common theme a unifying theme to all this and it's really the acceleration of trends and changes. Uh, and like I said, some will remain permanently, and quite a few actually. Uh, the increased risk and uncertainties in market behavior, the vulnerability, uh, this is again, these are short-term um, uh, risk assessment that we need to do, which are difficult to do right now, uh, not knowing how uh, the behavior of, of uh, consumers, of workers, of People in general, how things will behave here, so it'll, it'll have an impact on, uh, on on our sectors. Flexibility, adaptability, opportunity for those who are willing to to recognize them. These are all unifying themes of all uh, those top ten issues. And like I said, there's short-term uncertainties becoming clearer as the remainder of 2021 and into 2022 uh, in measuring market risk and pricing discovery. Uh, in terms of values and assessing risk premium, um, the short-term evolution of people and business behavior. Again, uh, 
the response uh, to consuming, uh, e-commerce, um, travel, office use and demand. And lastly, which population migration and space behavior will persist? And that's, that's really what's uh, the common theme, the common denominator to all these, uh, these issues right now. And the question is really looking at it on a short-term basis and see really how the, the change is uh, actually propulsing us to the proof recovery and making yeah. the best of it. A lot to think about for short-term and uh, long-term impact. Well, Michelle, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Uh, and uh, we appreciate your comments. And, you know, you can't subscribe to the show. So wherever you're watching or listening or if you're getting it from our website, you can subscribe there to an email announcing the show topic each week, or you can subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast channel. So thank you, and until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty, for proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is Michael at BullRealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.